make your fall fabulous at Mount Airy Lodge or Pocono Gardens. Do all the things you've wanted to do all summer, all day, all night. Winter, spring, summer, fall. Call 966-7210 for reservations at Pocono Gardens and beautiful Mount Airy Lodge. Hello and welcome to Mountain Comics. I'm your host, Rob Kelly, and this is the show where I look back at the comic books I bought on vacation in the Pocono Mountains of Pennsylvania in the 1970s and 1980s. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. And joining me in the cabin this month is the podcast find of 2023, Brett Young. <laughs> Hi, Brett. How you doing? Hi, Rob. How are you? I just pedaled up to the cabin in my uh, new Columbia 10-speed bike. I don't want to... <laughs> I don't want to talk about where I got it, but uh, but it's a, it's a pretty sweet ride. So. This is all sounds very suspicious. Do you yeah. have a friend? Do you have a family member at uh, Columbia? Or uh, I don't. Again, we we don't really talk about. We don't that, get so. into that. All right. Yeah. Okay. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, thank you very much for being here. I'm really excited to talk to you. It's great to be podcasting with you again. You were on. Yeah. Uh, Treasury cast with me, and then you mm-hmm. recently had an appearance on Batman Family Reunion on this very network, right. and that was that was a totally lot of fun. So uh, mm-hmm. we're we're here to talk about Marvel Two in One, yes, number eighty one, mm-hmm. starring of course the Thing and the Savage Submariner. This is going to be a fun story to talk about. This is one of my all my mountain comics are my favorites, but this one is a particular favorite. We'll get <laughs> we'll get into why and stuff. But before we get into any of the Mountain Comics business, uh, we got to pay some bills. Uh, namely, we have to thank our sponsor In Stock Trades. This episode of Mountain Comics is sponsored in part by InStockTrades.com. InStockTrades is your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for up to 45% off with the free shipping for orders of $50 or more. Brett. Okay, well, so I had this great fear that we were going to pick the same one. So I hope we didn't, but uh uh, so I picked a uh, Fantastic Four Omnibus Hardcover Volume 4. So this is basically the end of the historic Lee Kirby run on the uh, Fantastic Four. It's got Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, Archie Goodwin, John Romita, John Buscema, Joe Sinnott, you know, all, all the legends. Uh, it has a gorgeous cover by Art Adams. And this, this book was sort of at that time the center of the Marvel Universe. It's got all you need. To Love the FF, it covers the um, issues 94 through 125, uh, plus the Fantastic Four, the Lost Adventure, whatever that is. But, you know, it, it doesn't even matter. It could be it could be Reed Richards talking to a houseplant for 22 pages. It doesn't work. It doesn't matter because this is worth everything you get. In it. You got Dr. Doom joining the FF. You've got the Silver Surfer and Galactus up to their shenanigans. You got the Inhumans. You got Black Panther. You got uh, Namor, who's the thing's, uh, you know, team up partner in this very book we're going to cover. He teams up with Magneto. And uh, and you got, of course, the thing fights the Hulk. Normally, this is $100. You get it for 50 bucks. This is, uh, you say, $50 through uh, in-stock trades. It weighs approximately about as much as a mid-sized car. You could <laughs> kill three full-size men with this book. But it's fantastic. Uh, uh, get it. I was excited. I, I might just get it myself. If you don't, you're you're a monster. It's great. <laughs> you might die, but what a way to go. Being crushed <laughs> exactly. Jack Kirby. Exactly. Uh, I am a little disappointed, though, Brett, because off air, you told me you were picking the forever people, uh, which means I didn't I looked, pick the forever I people. Yeah, I, didn't, I, I purposely yeah. didn't pick the forever people <laughs> because you said you were going to do it and I didn't want it to be awkward. It's like when two people wear the same outfit to a party. Exactly. exactly yeah. So yeah. I'll settle for. Marvel Masterworks, Marvel 2-in-1 hardcover, volume 6. This reprints Marvel 2-in-1 numbers 61 through 74. Try as I might, 
uh, I could not find a volume of Marvel Masterworks, which would presumably be volume seven that reprinted this comic. I don't know whether that either mm-hmm. doesn't exist at all or it's just not in stock and in stock trades at the moment. But nevertheless, this collection has the thing teaming up with Moon Dragon, Stingray, everybody's favorite, Scarlet Witch, Triton, um, the squad, the, the, the serpent squad, Mr. Fantastic, the Inhumans, you know, everybody, I love the Inhumans, Quasar. Uh, again, just a sop to sales of working in Quasar in your book. Uh, the writer <laughs> is Chris Claremont. The artist, among others, is Herb Trimpey. 304 pages. So, yeah, if you if you mm-hmm. manage to pick this up with uh, Brett's choice, you could kill six people, I'm guessing. Exactly. That's the way that would work. Uh, the normal price is $75, but in-stock trades price is $46.50. You save 38% off. And look, I will, I will admit this, everybody. This is not a knock on Marvel 2 and one at all, because as people will, as will be revealed in this episode, and actually the other Mountain Comics episode we did last year, where I talked about the Marvel 2 and one annual. I love this book. I absolutely love Marvel 2 and one It's super fun. I don't know if it needs to be in a hardcover. <laughs> I don't know if it, I, you know. How I, dare you. Yeah, dare you know. You. Okay, everybody. But I mean, if you like Marvel 2 and one and you really want on the nice slick paper, Without the ads, uh, to mm-hmm. go pick up Marvel Two and One Hardcover Volume Six. And what was your book again, Brett? Uh, Fantastic Four Omnibus Hardcover Volume Four. There you go. Those are great picks. So for these and all the other trade paperback, trade paperback needs, visit InStockTrades.com, and we thank them for their support. Okay, Brett. Before, before we even talk about the comic or anything, I do want to find out from you. How, because you and I, you know, we don't live in the same area, but it's not mm-hmm. too far away from each other either you're in pennsylvania right well i i grew up in pennsylvania, grew up in pennsylvania. I, I, live, I live right outside washington dc now that's right that's right i'm sorry but you grew up in pennsylvania so yes and we're around the same age so we, mm-hmm. we have you know somewhat similar stomping grounds so i'm sort of curious mm-hmm. do you have anything like mountain comics in your background where you went on vacation and like there were comics that you got there that maybe you didn't get some other place yeah yeah so uh, well we were more um in the summer we were more beach people Gotcha. Than mountain people. Uh, so I've, I've actually, I know my parents have been there. I've never been to the Poconos, but I, mm. you know, a lot of like my friends when I was growing up, I know, I know their families uh, went there and stuff like that uh, in the summer. It, it's, do they do skiing there in the winter? Or yes, am they I do. Wrong on that? Yes, they, they okay. Do. Okay. So yeah, I had some friends who were skiers too. I wasn't really a skier, but they'd go there, but, but we were, we'd go to the beach. So basically um, I am a child of divorce. So basically since I was young. So I would go, I basically got to go twice a year, you know, so I would, or twice a summer, I would go uh, with my dad. I would go to uh, my sister and I would go to the Jersey shore. We, well, both times, but we go to Wildwood uh, mm, with my okay. dad and, uh, and then uh, with my mom and, uh, and my grandparents, we would go to Barnicket light, which is, I'm not sure if you know where that is. That's no, it's, I'm not familiar uh, with Long, that at all. It's Long Beach Island. It's kind of oh, a tip okay. Long Beach Island. Gotcha. So, like okay, okay. Tip. so, um, so that was more like you get a house on the, on the beach and then Wildwood was more, you know, you'd, it, we'd be in a hotel with a, with a pool, like a couple blocks from the beach and, you know, but so Wildwood, we'd always go to the boardwalk and I like basically, so when I was in Wildwood, we'd always try to find like a Seven Eleven. Uh, or I would right, always try right, to find a Eleven nearby that, that, that would have some kind there was, there was always one nearby. Plus, you know, I grew up in Lancaster, so we didn't have 7-Elevens. We had Turkey Hills there. So I okay. didn't really, like, it, like 7-Eleven was a rarity to me. Um, so, but they, they usually had the spinner rack there, so I'd grab a couple. And then when we'd be on the boardwalk, um, occasionally there would be some 
store uh, stores that that would have you know some shops that would have some some random comics like maybe just like on a you know magazine rack and stuff like that so mm-hmm. so i would get there and then uh when we go to barnicket light it was more that was kind of more my action figure i always try to find like a gi joe or a star wars <laughs> figure when i was there but but probably my most the most comic related vacation i had was um when my dad drove my sister and i to uh to disney world we drove from lancaster pa down to disney uh, down to Florida. So, you know, we did it over a couple of days and then spent some time in, in Disney and then came back. So it was like the summer. I want, I want to say, I think it was the summer of 85. So crisis on infinite earth was in full swing. And, um, uh, so I was in, I was always drawing when I was a kid. So at that time I was probably about 12 years old, something like that, 12 or 13. So I was making my own comics all the time. So yeah, me too. Down, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I brought some comics with me. I brought a bunch of this. And so I, 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 I drew, or I, uh, I, I wrote and drew this, uh, three issue each, each issue was like 20 pages, uh, <laughs> um, of, uh, a, a Legion of superhero story I just made up. And, uh, but I was really, really into George Perez. So I brought like a bunch of the, the crisis books with me. And I brought some Legion books with me and some other random ones. But I, I, I specifically remember just pouring over um, the the one where Supergirl dies. Like mm. I kept like, the, you know, just trying to copy like every, you know, every like action scene that, that, <laughs> that Ferris did somehow incorporate that into the Legion. So I had a bunch of like the um, I was trying to incorporate his style into this was the Legion when they first started that Baxter series kind of early on with that. Or at least those were the issues I brought with me. Um, so I had the uh, Steve Lytle issues and some Keith Giffen issues and things like that. So, so I, I just I vividly remember the uh, crisis from that vacation and um, and the Legion issues. And I, I literally I still have the books that I drew. I mean, I did them all in pencil. And what I just every night I would work on it, like every night at the hotel and stuff like that, just just furiously draw and everything like that. And I look back at it, I'm like, it was it's pretty detailed, actually, uh, because, again, I was like really into Paris. And that's all, sure. you know, he was all about the detail and everything like that. So I still have it. And, you know, I mean, the the you know, the, the figures are a little wonky and stuff like that. It's not it's, it's obviously not something that I, you know, you'd show you put on in your portfolio or anything. But it does still look kind of cool. So I was I was kind of cool that I still kind of cool that I still had that stuff. And so, you're you're so a that, professional yeah. graphic designer now, anyway. So it'll, I am. Yes, you know, it led yeah, right yeah. to that. I know. Well, but I you know when you're that age, I wanted to be a comic book artist. You know, every, I, you I know, hear you. Yeah, of yeah. course. So I did the <laughs> I did the whole Marvel tryout thing and all that stuff, and I just you know they said get lost, kid. But, um, <laughs> but I couldn't have I said it like that. that. That's kind of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but I bought. Um, Although it was Jim Shooter, probably, so maybe that's why yeah, I always said. Like, yeah, yeah, but I, I remember, yeah, yeah. But I remember buying some comics while we were down there too. Like I always, whenever, and and actually, I kind of like, and then for a long time didn't, and then recently, when we've been going on vacations, like we were just down in uh, Myrtle's Inlet, which is kind of in South Myrtle Beach, uh, this past year, and I just kind of looked online, and I was like, I wonder if there's a comic store around here somewhere, and there was, and I, mm. I went to it and just bought some. I bought a couple like old JLA issues um, just, you know, just to do it. So yeah, I kind of do that yeah. now too. Like, well, I'll, you know, when I'm someplace different, I'll be like, well, let's see if there's a comic store in the area. And I'll just buy like 
you know, an issue or two, just a back issue or, or mm-hmm. something like yeah, that. Yeah, totally. Just for fun. So I've kind of, I've kind of come full circle on that. So I, I try to, I try to do that. That's fantastic. That's yeah. great. <laughs> That's marvelous. Yeah. It was funny when, uh, the, the side trip, when my wife and I were in California, um, and, uh, on our honeymoon, I was like, I wonder if there are any comic stores around. And it was like, mm-hmm. I realized that the area we were in, which was mm-hmm. right out, right outside of Monterey, uh, which is super expensive to live in. Yeah. Uh, that I was like, yeah, the nearest comic shop is like 80 miles away. But <laughs> no comic store can afford the rent in this area of town. It's just, you are not paying California, uh, California monthly rentals with old back issues. <laughs> it's no, not, no, it's not, not happening. Yeah. <laughs> we sold a whole lot of Team America. Great. That's really going to help. You know? <laughs> okay. So, uh, well, that's fantastic. Uh, Brett, again, thank you. I really appreciate you being here. Now, one other detail I have to ask yeah. is that mm-hmm. in preparation for this episode, you mentioned to me that you were completely unfamiliar with my Mountain Comics <laughs> beverage of choice, Yoohoo. Uh, in well, fact, you, you thought it was carbonated, which I had to explain to you it was not, what is that's devil water? No, it's not carbonated. <laughs> it's, uh, and well, then you were I, like, is it yeah. chocolate milk? And I, and I realized, I said to you, it's kind of chocolatey tasting water. And then I realized as soon as mm-hmm. I wrote that, I'm like, I'm not making it sound very <laughs> No, you weren't. You weren't making it sound like. <laughs> I should add one caveat. I was, I knew what, I knew there was a drink called Yoohoo, you know, so I knew that existed, but I thought about, I was like, I've never tasted it. And for some reason, I always thought it was like a chocolate flavored soda. Right. And which was just sounded awful to me, which was like, I don't know why people drink this crap. So, um, so you told me, so I told you, I was like, all right, I will, I will track down a Yoohoo, you know, before the, you know, before we do our, I really appreciate commitment to the bit. Yeah. Really do <laughs> yeah. appreciate that. So, uh, of course, I forgot until today, and so, uh, <laughs> so I, I took, a, I, I went to the grocery store and uh, and, and looked. Up, so I looked in the milk area for it because I thought it. Because you said it was like sort of a chocolate. So I thought like it had to stay refrigerated or something like. It that. does. I thought it does. It was something like that. Well, but it, it wasn't in there. It was. Um, <laughs> It was it was on the in the aisle with all the like the school uh, like school lunch stuff, right? You know, juice so, box, yeah, stuff, juice yeah. boxes and stuff like that. So at the the very bottom level, I found uh, I found like a ten pack of these like they're like in the in the juice box type you know drink boxes, but it's it said YooHoo, so I was like, well, I guess this is it. So I uh, so it, it was like three dollars or so uh, i'm glad you didn't like invest that. heavily in, in this so no no i was going to invoice fire and water but uh no but i got it and uh and stuck it in the fridge so it's been in the fridge all day so i i i cracked one or not cracked one over i squeezed one out into a into a nice uh, rocks glass and uh, put a uh and i put, and i put like i have the big round um cubes for like cocktails you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah 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 so, totally I put one of there in there, them in there, and and had it, and uh, it just it basically like it tastes like if you had a chocolate, <laughs> had a chocolate, uh, uh, not a chocolate milk. I'm sorry, a, a hot cocoa, and just kind of let it stuck it in the fridge for a while. That's yeah, sort of what a, I felt like it tasted like. Okay, yeah, so that's fair. It's not, te- I, it's not terrible or anything. It's not something, uh, you know. I I think I would seek out. You've got nine but, more uh, of them, so yeah. I, hope, I hope your kids <laughs> no, like you, because that's I, what they're going to be drinking for the next too. week. Well, it says it's rich in calcium and vitamin D. 
So that's what it says right on the thing. So. Kids need healthy, strong bones. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> again, but I, I think I, it might it might be kind of cool. Then I was like, I wonder if I could add some booze to it. And I didn't tonight, you know. But I'm thinking you could add uh, if like I add a little Bailey's, and uh, <laughs> and I could I, like I think if you added a little, if you just well, you could just mix it with Bailey's. I think. And that would be fine. You could actually even blend it up that way if you wanted to make sort of a milkshake out of it. Or if you wanted to go a different route, I think you could, if you wanted to get sort of, um, you know, chocolate and orange, the essence of orange goes all right together. So you could do like a, um, like an orange vodka with, uh, with the, <laughs> with the Yoohoo and, um, maybe over ice and something else. Maybe a little, oh, you know what? A touch of Grand Marnier might be kind of good. So I was a go. child during these comics for fellows. This is not in the spirit of mountain comics. Sorry, sorry. I All wasn't right. drinking. Well, I know I'm Irish, but I wasn't drinking at that young. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Sorry about that, but so. you could, well, you could call it like the go to bed. You know, that's the thing for the <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. The parents want so, some alone time. They're like, here yeah, you go. Here you go, go. Little here, Rob. Have your some, YooHoo here's, and here's some comics and a and a hot toddy <laughs> made of YooHoo. <laughs> we'll see you in the morning. So, <laughs> well. I will let you know that I bought. I stopped at Seven Eleven and I bought a a glass glass bottle of you, as I told you off air. Oh, fancy! I drink you who from a bottle because I'm a sophisticate. So I bought that well, well. here. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> going to be imbibing as we were going through this comic. So okay, we've been talking nice. forever. Let's talk about this comic, yeah. Marvel right, Two and right. One Number Eighty One. It was on sale July twenty eighth, nineteen eighty one. So it was still hanging around on the shelves a couple of weeks later when I would have would have been up in the Poconos. I still remember. The store I was in when I bought this, I still remember it. Uh, they had this rack. I've talked about it before. They had a rack pinned to a wall. It wasn't a spinner rack. It was uh, mounted mm-hmm. on a wall, and it was like 10 comics high, four wide. It was just marvelous, and it was so high that I couldn't even reach the top comics, which was <laughs> always so exciting. But I remember seeing this particular book, and we'll talk about the cover in a second, but what are your overall feelings about Marvel 2 and what? Like I, I'm guessing it was probably canceled by the time you were reading <clears throat> comics, right? Or maybe just barely. Oh no, no, no. I I've been I've been reading comics since God since I was probably about like you know five or six years old. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. No, so right I've been part of this then. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. No, I have. You know, it's it's funny. I I actually have some of my collection here. I have most of it in the storage unit, but I've been trying to like sell some of my collection. And uh, and I have been kind of slow, selling slowly but surely, but I had so many boxes. But I, I was like, I should dig up, see what, you know, two and ones I have. And I have a, a decent amount, actually, um, of this series. And I have the the one you, you talked about last uh, last year. The, uh, yeah, the annual, annual with American six? Eagle, yeah. Yep. Yeah, with American Eagle. Yeah, I had that. I have that one. So I have a bunch dating back to, I think I have like issue 20. And, um, and then like moving forward to the end into when he, when it turned into just the thing yep. series. Yeah. So I always liked it. I actually liked it better than Marvel team up. Me too. Um, yeah. <laughs> Me too. I just thought the, the thing is, I, well, I don't know if you want to talk about this stuff after you go through the synopsis or anything like that, but the thing is kind of one of those guys that I always viewed him as sort of the, you know, the godfather of uh, the Marvel universe. He was kind of, cause he wasn't like, you know, I, I think Reed and Sue are kind of viewed sometimes as like the 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 you know the the mom and dad of the Marvel universe or the matriarch and the patriarch in some ways, and um, you know Spider Man sort of the conscious 
conscience or the or the heart. But the thing was kind of the guy who could like bring everybody together. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the guy like he didn't, you know, he didn't care if you were, you know, well, okay, well, uh, I'm going to go on. I, I don't know. Maybe uh, do you want to do the, the, the book first? No, let's talk about, no, no, let's talk about this now. It. I know. I, okay. I, I agree. I think that the thing is the Mar- first Marvel pathos character, you know, and yeah. And he's yeah, there but, at the beginning, you know, he was yeah. right there at the very beginning. So, yeah, he is a lot of ways. He represents the Marvel Universe in a just similar way to Spider-Man. Spider-Man is obviously the marquee character. Right. But the thing in a lot of ways is like everything Stanley brought the comics at that point mm-hmm. in one character. Yeah. And and the, 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 the thing I like best about him were the poker games. <laughs> that he would always have because because I, I love well one I love seeing all the Marvel characters sitting down playing cards or drinking beer you know and all that and just kind of it was always like an eclectic group too and it was never always the same people you know <laughs> there were some there were kind of be their life but there was no hierarchy you know everyone's on an even plane he was just as cool with like the D listers as he was you know he'd be just as cool with you know Goliath at the table as he would be Captain America or you know, the plumber or his plumber or his mailman or any, you know, it didn't matter who you were, you know, he was, and nobody acted up, you know, people kind of knew better. It was kind of like, it was sort of that sanctuary where you left your beefs at the door, you know, and the thing, you know, you didn't, you didn't mess with the thing. I mean, there, there are people who are more powerful than him or, you know, and, and, or smarter than him or whatever, but nobody kind of messed around with him. And I wish, I wish to God somebody had just done an issue where where all they did was play cards, like the entire oh, the entire God, issue, like so that's fun. all it was. Like that would have been like a great annual or something like uh, that. I would I read read that to death. You yeah. know, I think that would have been fantastic because I was always bummed when they'd start playing and all of a sudden, you know, you know, the Baxter building would blow up or something like you <laughs> yeah, know, and, they, right. and, and the it puppet would be master. You know, <laughs> like no, I want some more. You know, I want some more pages <laughs> of the poker game. You know, I want to see what kind of hand you know Ms. Marvel had or something like that. You know, so. Um, but that, that was sort of, I always thought that was a great way to sort of show who he was, you know, he was, he was kind of that guy that you could come to and he was, uh, remember, um, I'm sure you've seen back to school, right? With Rodney. Oh, sure. Yeah. Remember, remember the Paul, is it Paul Young? Is that the actor? Burt Young. Burt Young. From the Rocky movies. Yeah. Yeah. He plays Paulie. That's how I was conflating the two, but you know, he was sort of his, his valet, Mm-hmm. in that movie and i just remember him being like i'm tough but i'm fair he was like i put one kid through college i put another kid through the wall you know <laughs> yeah and that's kind of that was that's the thing you know i mean he's tough but he's fair and and you know he'll he'll look after you You do the right thing he'll look at you. So. i'm worried about lou i'm afraid he's gonna lose yeah. his speaker finger <laughs> <laughs> i mean he's got kurt vonnegut in it for pete's sake exactly exactly we Adrian won't say what he what said movie has in its cast Adrian Barbeau and Kurt Vonnegut. Name me a second film. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> just those two. We Come won't on. repeat, since it's a family show, we won't repeat what he said to Kurt Vonnegut. But, uh, no, 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 no. no. But, uh, great movie. But yeah, no, it's a great, great movie. So, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I said, I, I always like this comic. I don't, you know, as, as is the nature of team-up books, I didn't buy it every month because it was so dependent on who yeah. the guest star was. And then the mm-hmm. writer here, Tom DeFalco, who we'll talk about in a moment, threaded subplots through Marvel 2 and 1, mm-hmm. which I'm sure was an attempt to get you to buy it month after month. That way they had something. I never pay attention to that. So it really was every month. It's like, oh, Submariner. I mean, of course, this was a mountain comic. I was more, I keep, I use the word desperate, but I hate to 
that sounds like it has such a pejorative sound to it because it was like, oh, I'll buy anything. No, it was just I bought yeah. more comics when I was on vacation because we sure. didn't have a TV and it was there was not kind of not a lot. El- I wasn't like a big swimmer. I didn't go in the lake and like swim around. So I wasn't like a big activities kid. Surprise, <laughs> surprise, everybody. So I was more like, oh, I'll buy every comic I can kind of afford. And so Marvel 2-in-1, even if the guest star had not appealed to me, I probably would have bought it. Now, luckily for this yeah. one, it does. Because as I mentioned, the guest star is the Submariner. I've always liked the Submariner. I always thought he's mm-hmm. a really fun Marvel character. So I was glad that he's in this in this particular issue. Now, yeah. let's talk about the cover a little bit. It's by Ron Wilson mm-hmm. and Chick Stone, who are the creative team on the inside of the book. Um, it's got, again, you'll see it on the gallery post on fireandwaterpodcast.com. And it shows it's got the thing, Submariner, and behold, the mind-staggering might of Modoc. <laughs> so, I mean, good Lord, this is everything you want in a Marvel comic. And you can win a bike. As we know, exactly. Well, Brett maybe won. you can, yeah. Um, so, what do you think of this cover, Brett? Um, I I like I like the cover. I mean, it's sort of like every you know, basically the top third is all type because yeah. of the because of the ten speed and the you know and the text and everything like that. But um, <clears throat> it's 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 unusual because well, I, I love you know Modoc being there and everything. It has a little bit of a of a, of a color form type situation going on because it almost looks like Modoc is sort of placed there and then the <laughs> submariner is placed and then the uh, the the giant you know the giant android is placed behind him but then that sort of counteracted with the thing and sort of uh um you know not the not the most glamorous position <laughs> right, having been laid low presumably uh, yeah he's Modoc. laid low and and for some reason he's kind of crunching some uh some steel in front of him so uh, you know he gets knocked around a little in this issue Sure but, um, but it, it's but it's great because you know you know what you're getting you know we're gonna fight some robots you know it's two guys in briefs beating up scientists you know yeah. that's what oh, you're gonna man. get in this yeah and and Modoc you can't you can't beat that totally worth fifty cents uh, my my favorite detail on this cover and this is something I've mentioned on uh, my own shows and I think on other shows is that the artist here is Ron Wilson right he was the regular mm-hmm. penciler on right. Marvel two and one that right. man I hope. He got in a boosted page rate because he had oh, to draw the thing yeah. every friggin' panel. <laughs> the thing is ten times, twenty times the amount of work than drawing the Hulk, and he had to, and so you know, like I really hope that he earned more. I bet he didn't. I bet he didn't. It was Marvel two and one. I bet it was like it's the same. You get the same page rate as our. You know, he probably wasn't getting the top page rate. He wasn't getting like a Kirby mm-hmm. or. Uh, I don't know who else would have been John Byrne, Frank Miller. He right, wasn't getting right, that right. page rate, but I hope he got a little something extra because I, drawing the thing is a giant pain in the ass. Yes, 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 it is. And I tried I, to do I, it, and I gave up. <laughs> I wonder if he. Do you think he ever? I mean, he did so many issues of this. Do you think he sort of had some standard positions and sort of had those to the side that he could sort of trace over? And things like that, just to just kind of save a little time, so he didn't have to think about the rocks as much. You know what I mean? Yeah, he probably not like necessarily Photostat or anything. And, right. and obviously, you know, he wasn't using Photoshop back then or right, anything like right, that. Right. But I wonder if he just sort of had, you know, as he went along, he's like, okay, that's a good pose. I can use that down the road. So he kind of like would set that, you know, a copy of that drawing aside so he could use it again. 
I hope he he did. Just a bunch of references. Yeah. I hope he did. I hope he found ways to to save himself some time. You know, um, I really because it said this this had to be a killer. And the reason I even bring it up again is because there's an extra detail here on this cover that I absolutely love. And again, all credit to Ron Wilson is that you mentioned they've got the thing laying on the ground, right? And he's Mm -hmm. reaching. He's reaching to kind of crawl away from Modok. And so he's grabbing some giant hunk of marvelized metal and he's crunching it. You see that he, mm-hmm. you know, and it's because he's the thing. The thing is reaching on and he's grabbing the metal. Right. And because he's the thing, he is scrunching the metal with his powerful <laughs> fist. And Ron Wilson took the time to draw that. He took the yeah, time to nice add touch. that extra detail of yeah. like, oh, yeah, the metal would crumple under the thing's fist. And again, it's like Ron Wilson, mm-hmm. man bringing it every yeah. month <laughs> but, yeah. so. and that makes it work too because i'm trying to think just visualize if those lines weren't there like how that would look if it would look right. sort of like almost not of the same piece or something like that yep. but yeah yep. it totally works and it does look a little color forms because so much of it is monochromatic the good the metal that he's grabbing is like a solid green and the background is a solid mm-hmm. orange and the aim guys are a solid blue see it does have that kind of slate color forms mm-hmm. feel to it like you've just put it together which is uh, again a compliment i love color forms so all right we've been talking for a half hour let's get to the actual <laughs> plot of this comic because that's going to take me another half hour just to read because tom defalco was giving you little rat bastards 50 cents he was totally giving you your money's worth uh in this yep. comic so all right it opened the uh <laughs> the name of the the story is no home for heroes by tom defalco at ron wilson and chick stone Namor, the Submariner, arrives in New York and, of course, immediately causes a stir. Is this another invasion? No. Namor's mission is more mundane. He heads straight for a tailor and demands to be fixed with clothes that will help him blend in. After selecting an outfit, he pays the shop owner with a handful of priceless pearls. Meanwhile, Ben Grimm is helping his girlfriend, Alicia Masters, move into a new apartment in Soho after Alicia has determined it is too dangerous for her to live in the Baxter building. Ben worries this will negatively affect their relationship, even though Alicia assures him it won't. Ben goes for a walk outside. While on his constitutional, Ben discovers an AIM robot attacking a homeless man. As the thing, essentially, Ben intervenes, ending with the AIM synthesoid gassing the thing and knocking him out. For his part, Namor strolls the Bowery, reminiscing about how the Human Torch found him so many years ago, suffering from amnesia in this very spot. Meanwhile, at Project Pegasus, the superhero known as Quasar, somewhere Gene Hendricks is smiling, is someone by an an alarm, (laughs) alerting him that a colleague, the superhero known as Goliath, has collapsed. Quasar muses that Goliath has been slowly dying of radiation poisoning. Later, Namor is jumped by some homeless men, who he easily shrugs off. Namor is looking for a woman named Sunshine Mary, a homeless woman who befriended him decades ago. One of the homeless tells him that Sunshine Mary, as well as other homeless, have been suspiciously disappearing, and the cops have not bothered to look into it. The man saved by the thing shows up and tells Namor about what happened and that he followed the AIM robot to an abandoned warehouse. Namor demands to be taken there. Meanwhile, the thing awakens to find himself face-to-face with Madoc, Madoc explains that he's been testing a new weapon called Virus X on homeless people. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this disgusting thing who bursts free of the glass tube he's been imprisoned in. The AIM robot starts to attack just as Namor bursts in for himself and joins the fray. AIM soldiers then arrive, but the homeless people give them a fight. Madoc summons two super synthoids, giant 25-foot robots, but the thing and Namor defeat them. Madoc, realizing the worm has turned glides into an escape craft along with some AIM foot soldiers. Unfortunately, as it takes off, they see that the canister of Virus X inside the ship is leaking. The battle over, 
Namor finds Sunshine Mary and extends a hand in friendship. But Mary wants no part of him, having noticed pretty much all of Namor's behavior to this point and considers him a monster. She leaves along with the other homeless people. The thing offers some aloe to Namor for that sick burn, but the Prince of Atlantis says to keep it. Pity is for lesser mortals. He flies off. Alone, the thing starts to feel weak, falling to his knees, realizing he's been exposed to Virus X. To be continued. (laughs) That is a lot of plot uh, uh, for one issue. So, I've been talking for a while. Why don't you, Brett, talk about the the opening salvo of this book, (laughs) Namor arriving in New York. And as you do that, I'm going to pop open uh, this bottle of Yoohoo. So, hold on. Here we go. There we go. I hope you heard all that little pop. That's I was going to say, I was waiting for the pop. Okay. Production value, everybody. So, okay. Uh, what do you think of this this all opening right. of Namor sh- shopping at Men's Warehouse? Well, this is, this is the Namor everyone loves. I mean, he's just so full of himself, so unbelievably pompous. I mean, you basically, you have, even on the splash page, you have like four uh, paragraphs of word bubbles, basically for him to say, oh, it's nice to be in the, the fresh air again, more or less. <laughs> And then, yeah, he just sw- he just swings open the door in his, you know, in his, you know, basically his speedo. And uh, I, I thought it was great. The it's good humor by Falco in this. You know, he does a good job of this. He doesn't over overdo it, but it's uh, it's just a great back and forth between him and the the the, uh, the, the salesman. You know, sort of harumphing and you know being upset that this brutes in here and he thinks he's just gonna you know he's not gonna be able to pay and then drops the pearls and how namor sort of scoffs at the you know their finest clothing because he's like man this these rags will do basically (laughs) and uh it's just it's just so great it's it's just a great interaction of this sort of larger than life character you know meandering around a uh a clothing store uh, a nice clothing store, but still, you know, and just sort of, you know, pish posh, you know, this stuff is, is nothing, but I guess it'll have to do. Uh, <laughs> so it's just, it's just so great. You know, I, I love the, uh, it's, the still, ending, it's the name where you gotta like. Yeah, absolutely. I love the ending beat that, by the way, I already drank my entire bottle. You, oh, wow, um, you the, I chugged it down. So, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I love the ending beat where Namor, you know, of course the, you know, the guy's like, you got to pay for these. And, and Namor right. gives him these pearls. Right. And mm-hmm. then you see the guy say, these are priceless. And he tries to upsell Namor <laughs> right. to get some more stuff. And that's like such a thing you've seen in so many comics where like the superhero pays in some, you know, here's Thor's like, giving some gold doubloons. And it's right. like, I love the kind of reality of that. Cause you're like, where exactly is this guy going to sell the pearls? <laughs> How's that work? Where, I mean, where would you go? If somebody gave you priceless pearls, Brett, where am I going to fence these What would you do with them? <laughs> would you go to a jewelry store? I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, that's a good question. I don't know where you'd go. I, I think I think you'd have to you'd have to do something like this. I mean, this is this is kind of a fancy schmancy place, so maybe he knows some people who deal in this sort of stuff. Maybe uh, because I mean, he just being able if somebody handed me a bunch of pearls. One, I wouldn't even know if they are real or not. Right, I don't right, know right. enough about that stuff. And this guy's like, oh, they're priceless. So, so maybe he's got some connections. Would be <laughs> would be my guess. Maybe so. Maybe so. So yeah. So Namor gets his clothes and and walks out. Uh, and then the next scene is uh, Alicia Masters as she's moving into her gigantic <laughs> apartment in Soho. How a yeah. blind sculptor is able to afford this pad 
I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to assume she's getting some some help on the rent from the Fantastic Four, maybe. But man, this is a swanky place. I mean, yeah, uh, I, I, nowadays yeah, in New York, this would be about fifty thousand dollars a month. <laughs> I actually, when you were talking about Batman Family Reunion early, I was kind of I had that same thing with the Man Bat issues that they're always complaining about. You know, they're uh, about they have no money, but they live like in Manhattan in this this massive apartment that, that <laughs> I'm like, what? And this guy's like, a you know, but the same thing here. I my my only guess is that, you know, Reed Richards owns this building or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's probably. why she's because it's going to have to have some sort of like high end security. Right. Because right. People she can't know just live that, there. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. people know that, you know, she's the thing's girlfriend. So she can't just live there with with nothing. So. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that's, that's gotta be it. Plus, doesn't she do, isn't that sort of well known that like anytime you see any kind of sculpture or anything like the Avengers, when they have the sculptures of themselves outside of the mansion, that she does all that stuff. Doesn't, oh, oh gee, I think, I think I'm, so. I might have forgotten about that. I'm pretty that, sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. So she, I think she does all that stuff. So, you know, I mean, she must get a good rate. I'm sure Stark paid her well, you know, for the event. Tony, Tony Stark is probably the landlord of this building. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it could be. A, yeah, it's probably. Uh, Stark, I do sure. love the idea, though, of like Marvel villains that want to go after Alicia Masters being thwarted mm-hmm. just by not being able to get buzzed in to the apartment. Like they just give up. There's like hate monger out there. He's like, Brant, Brant, let me in. He's like, no, yeah. thwarted again. <laughs> right. It's like which floor is she on again? I keep all these brownstones. The steps just keep going. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a walk up. Oh my god! Oh my god! A big deal. So of course Ben is all mopey because he's like, uh, this is gonna this is gonna change our relationship. And Alicia's yeah. like, no, it won't. We just yeah. and it's like, well, why yeah, would she want to live at the Baxter Building? Because at any point. Some alien could come by and rip it up by the roots and exactly. take it off into space. What exactly. Every other week, a nihilist is in there, like yeah. murdering the staff. You know, why would she want to live there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I come on. Yeah. Think. Come on. So anyway, he goes out. Uh, he go- oh, but one other detail. One of the things that mm-hmm. I loved about the Marvel universe. I mean, by this point in 1981, DC was doing it too, but it was it was truly was I think for the most part an innovation that that Stanley and Jack Kirby. Uh, brought to Marvel superhero comics that DC had to catch up on is in this scene where Alicia is moving into the apartment. They're all Sue storm is also there. She's also, Mm -hmm. she has a brief scene. She does not figure into this plot at all. She disappears Mm -hmm. after the scene and that's it. And it's really Marvel was the, the progenitor of that. I mean, obviously the, the big, they were big on the, you know, having a, a universe where everybody crossed over with everybody else, but you could have an appearance right. by a marquee superhero that was not being a superhero. She just was right. there for yeah. color. And that was something that I think Stanley and Kirby brought to it that DC didn't quite hip to until later that they realized, Oh, that makes it feel like more real people that Sue is there and she's not there as the invisible woman. She's just there. Cause she's friends with Ben and Alicia, of course. Yeah, no, they they do that like, like you'd, sometimes you'd see like Peter Parker taking photos like in an Iron Man comic or something right, like yeah, that, you know, exactly. and that was it, you know, then he's gone or whatever, or, uh, you know, or, or supporting cast members just sort of walking by or, you know, or, or like Daredevil, you know, he used to always like be everybody's lawyer, right. so he might be like consulting them for like a page and then, then that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I love the yeah. level of that stuff. It's great. As a kid, it's I loved great. it. It was great. Maybe yeah, the, the universe feel sort of real. So anyway, the thing goes on his walk. 
he discovers this homeless man being attacked by this robot because that's just the thing that happens in the Marvel universe. Sure. And then Thing and this this aim robot start. They immediately start fighting, and it leads to uh, just a full solid page of them just slapping each other around. The homeless guy runs mm-hmm. off, and then the thing gets gassed uh, by the adaptoid. There's a really great panel by Ron Wilson of of as the thing is collapsing and the the mist is sort of floating around. The yeah. adaptoid is sort of just standing there, and it's kind of I may be I may be reading into something that's not there, but there's something about that. This is a robot. Is that like the robot has attacked, and the minute mm-hmm. He is, it's dawning on him that he has won the fight. He kind of goes back to like standing position. Like he's just kind of like, I'll just wait. Yeah. Because thing is like slowly passing out. Like he's just kind of like, all right, I'm just going to conserve energy until I have to pick the thing up. But right now I'm just going to stand there. So he's, he's doing this great kind of villain pose as the poor thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But he, he does kind of show him up by standing directly over him. Like directly he just over on him too. Yeah. Yep. That, that's not necessary. You know, <laughs> just, just, uh, you know. Just pick him up and be on your way. The programming and aim is to always humiliate the hero. <laughs> That's like one of whenever the, you get a chance. Absolutely, whatever those yeah. three rules of robotics. Whatever yeah. the three rules is like a fourth rule and aim is like oh if you can show up the <laughs> the hero could do it. So uh, then we have Namor walking the Bowery in bare feet. I should mention because he's Namor mm-hmm. doesn't matter. And then he gets this flashback to again what uh, you know him being discovered in Fantastic Four number three. I think it was when he when he I comes so. back. Yeah, and there's that, that bit where Johnny Johnny Storm finds him and he's like, "Wow, you look familiar." And he burns the beard off and he sees it's Namor. And we they even do a sort of Super Friends esque flashback with the uh, the the panels are in kind of wavy. Oh yeah, borders to kind of like it's a watery kind of thing. (laughs) Nice again, nice little, nice little touch. Well done. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, again, Ron Wilson, man, bringing it. And so uh, Namor says he wants to find this sunshine uh, Mary person. Now I love the idea that Namor is so. It's it's nice that he cares about this woman that he met who befriended (laughs) him, but it Mm -hmm. is it does suggest how like blind he is to like the realities of human existence that he's met. He met this homeless woman probably, what, you know, 10 years ago at this point? Right. I mean, in comic right. time, it's 20, but in Marvel Universe, it's probably 10. Well, yeah, and yeah. he's expecting the same homeless woman to still be living in the same area 10 years later. Like, you right. know, <laughs> she's not moved. She hasn't died. She's not <laughs> like, is she not still on this street corner? Well, no. <laughs> Kind of hard, well, you know. and and here's the thing: if he if he thought so much of her, and he just like tossed a bunch of priceless pearls to this guy, how about yeah. helping her out? You yeah. know, how about yeah. uh, coming back and maybe you know build a shelter, get her you know get her some help, you know, or something like that? If he cared that much anymore, I think if so. I think if they asked him, he would yell "Imperious <laughs> Rex" and take off. Like that would be the that would be his reaction <laughs> to that. Um, so then we get this brief little subplot over at Project Pegasus with. Uh, Quasar and Goliath, and they said this whole bit about Goliath is slowly dying, and realize that's going to be just a subplot, so you can continue to buy uh, by the next comic. Um, so then we go back and uh, back to Namor, and this homeless man takes him to this abandoned building, and all these uh, all the guys get the jump on him because they assume that he's got money or something like that. And the final mm-hmm. panel, he tosses them off, just of course because he's Namor, and I love yeah. you know Namor dialogue is just the best, you know, fools. You could number a hundred, a thousand, yet you shall lack the power and the fury of the Submariner. And he always, you know, he's talking about himself in the third person. It's just fantastic. Yeah. 
Well, plus these guys are all being launched in the air. I don't think they're listening to his diatribe at that moment. <laughs> yeah, they're all banging into wood and tetanus, get a tetanus of nails, rusty nails and things like that. So, okay, that's the half of the book. By the now, way, sorry, real, yes. real quick. Goliath is really, he might as well have a fainting couch, by the way. That, it's just like, okay, come on. If you're not feeling the well, go lie down. You know, he's laying on the that. floor. Well, he's I mean, like, he is oh, like 20 feet me. tall. So, yeah, you know. I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> so, all right, that is the half of the book. And mm-hmm. normally I don't really spend a lot of time talking about the ads in this comic, but this one I couldn't pass up. The ad in the middle of this book is a Marvel subscription. Ad. Uh, I used yes. to love these things. Did you subscribe yeah. to comics at all as a kid, Brent? I, I did. I got um, The Amazing Spider-Man. My mom just like one year for my birthday said, hey, I got your subscription to Spider-Man. And I, I wasn't really reading Spider-Man at the time, but of course I liked him. So, and <clears throat> going back to one of your other mountain comics, I think you covered one of the very first issues I got. And that was like where he's fighting uh, uh, Tarantula and Willow. Or no, what's the guy? The Willow Wisp. Wisp. Yep. Yes. Yeah. That was like one of my first uh, issues that I got. Yes. And then I I got it for a number of years, a number of years. And at one point, my subscription ran out and then was renewed. And I missed one issue. And the issue I missed was the black costume issue. No. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So it's either... No. That or or um or somebody swiped it out of my mailbox. Oh, you know my that, that could have bought comics, a car. I know it's the one issue I don't have, and oh. I it just burns me to this day. It's like you know, it's like a Pete Best story. I just it's <laughs> awful. It's like the one issue, you know. Kids, you could have uh, gone to college if I not. Know. Yeah, sorry. For that kids. missing issue of Spider Man number two, <laughs> Spider Man two fifty two. Oh, that's yeah. heartbreaking. That's yeah. just heartbreaking. So. So you get this great ad and you've got all the Marvel heroes running to this clubhouse and they're, they're, they're enrolling in the Marvel subscribers club. And the, the funny, mm-hmm. I mean, the Marvel ads were always great because they played fun with the characters. You know what I mean? They, they, yeah. they were never worried about not putting them, in, showing them in a, in a non sort of, yeah, they, they were willing to make light of them or put them in goofy mm-hmm. situations. And so you've got them all. But what I love here in this ad is you've got Spider, Spider-Man, Cap, Hulk, Iron Man, Ant-Man, deep cut. And then inside the clubhouse, you see the thing. You see Wolverine's claws cutting through the wood. So there he mm-hmm. is. Iron Fist. You see the beast hanging there. But you also see in the ad, Goliath. The yeah. very Goliath from this comic. This yeah. Goliath was hardly a marquee character. <laughs> but there he is. I love that. Yeah, I, maybe they were trying to make him a, a, a thing. I don't know. Maybe they had plans for him. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, you see Submariner's feet. You also see part of Spider-Woman over there like on the far right yes the wood is like like bursting at the side yeah yeah but i isn't that like her isn't that like her chest yes it is like what yes i'm like i'm not sure what's going on like where's the rest of her yeah (laughs) but um and then the only one i yeah because i was looking through this and you can tell who everybody is except there is below the submariner there's a a yellow boot Mm -hmm. and it has like what it looks like two like straps or laces who is that supposed who is that do you have any i'm assuming it's the it's thor's boot I'm assuming it's because we see Thor's oh. arm sticking out and he's got Mjolnir. Oh, yeah. And we yeah, even see yeah. oh, Nightcrawler's tail also uh, sticking out. But I'm going to sort I'm yeah. assuming that's Thor's. That's oh, Thor's. okay. 
I didn't think I could, about that. Okay, yeah, I, think I that's guess who I that could is. Be I thought maybe so, that was somebody else. There's a little certificate here, and it says you can mm-hmm. subscribe to Spider-Man, Avengers, Captain America, yada yada. Basically, the standard titles plus What If, which you get half of because it's a double price book. So, right. Brett, um, let's say you're a kid, <laughs> and uh, you've got, let's say, you can buy three of these. Your 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 mom or your dad is like, hey, you know. We can get three titles. What three would you get out of this list? Well, one thing I want to point out is if you look at the immediate cash savings, you get four titles for the price of three. So, oh, I so think, okay, four then. So, four, should then. we do you four? Four, okay. okay. All right. Yes. No, I, I assumed you were going to ask this question. So I was, <laughs> I was kind of, I was, <laughs> I was thinking it over. So I, I could answer this one of two ways. Do you want to answer it? Like if I'm, when I was that age, what would I have wanted? Oh, that's interesting. Uh, if there's yeah. a difference, do both. If you I think there probably over. is. Like at that age, <clears throat> I probably would have gotten Spider-Man, the Avengers, yeah, yeah Incredible Hulk, Incredible Hulk, and probably Star Wars. Those okay. are probably been the four I've gotten. If I was doing it now, well, I probably would have done the same thing. Except maybe not Star Wars. Now I probably would have added two and one. I probably like honestly, I probably would have done like Marvel two and one. Uh, Avengers, the Defenders, and Iron Man, actually, if I was doing it now. So it would be a lot different if I was doing it now. Okay. All right. Good answers. Like I said, I, I kind of went the other way. As, as a kid, I would have been Avengers, Captain America, <laughs> Daredevil, and Star Wars. Those probably would have been my favorite <laughs> favorite titles. But as a what I laughingly call an adult, I look back at this and I say, <laughs> you know what? It might've been a better play to subscribe to the titles that were harder to find when I was mm, a kid. When I was point. a kid, I could always find star Wars. That we the seven 11s always yeah. had star Wars. They always had the Avengers, but I, there were books that I liked that I tended to, to get uh, when I was on vacation because of the, as I mentioned, they're harder to find. They didn't always mm-hmm. get. So like those, I look back on the now and I'm like, what would I would have wanted that way I never miss it would have been Kazar, which I probably would have been the only kid subscribing to Kazar. Power Man and Iron Fist. Yeah. Master uh, of Kung Fu. Probably Master of Kung Fu and maybe Moon Knight. Like, cause I just never mm. saw them uh, or at least didn't see them regularly right. uh, on my, on my, on my, uh, my seven elevens and newsstands and stuff. But yeah, it's a, it's a good deal. Four, four <clears> for three. Good deal. Yeah. And when you got the comics, yeah. were they did they come in like a brown wrapper? Did they come? They did. Yeah, yeah. The Spider Man came in a brown wrapper, and they were usually even. You know, I mean, sometimes they were. We had like a, the traditional mailbox. You know, um, so you know, at a, from a house, you know, it's out front. You know, at the end of the driveway and everything. Mm. So, so it laid. It. I'm pretty sure it laid flat. Or sometimes, sometimes it would be on its side. It might curl up a little bit, but the um, but it. You know, the the wrapper kept it from, like, creasing too much. There's maybe okay. one or two issues that would get a little, that would come to get a little roughed up or might be a little, the, the, the biggest problem was, like, rain, you know, if it was wet because they didn't, you know, it wasn't anything plastic. It was right, just, just brown, paper. Yeah. you know, paper. Yeah. yeah, and it didn't cover the end. So <clears throat> so that would be the biggest problem. But overall, yeah, no, they all, they always, they usually came in pretty good shape. That's good. All right. Yeah. I don't, we, we talk about this on, on comic shows, uh, comic centric shows here on the network or so often. I don't know mm-hmm. if they still do subscriptions. Like, I don't know if you could still do that, whether DC and Marvel even offer that anymore. I don't, I, I th- like we talked about it on some show a couple yeah. of years ago and somebody left a comment saying that you could, but that was several years ago. I don't know if it's changed since, but even back then I was like, this was still in like the 2010s and I was still like, wow, really? 
Yeah, you know, they 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 still did it even as late as that, but apparently they did. Yeah, so. I I don't know if you can. I don't think you can through the actual like. I don't think you can do it through Marvel or oh, through right, DC. Oh, right, for a subscription. But I think you company. can do it like through. I, I I remember I used to work with a guy who was who collected, and he basically got his. He got all his stuff once a month, and he he did it through like I don't know, Mile High Comics. Oh yeah, one yeah, of those yeah. places. Mm-hmm. So it was all just shipped to him all at once. Okay. Like basically every month, it was all shipped to him. So that's sort of the same thing. I mean, more or less, but it's through a you know a, a second, you know a, se- a secondary vendor, right? Third so, party kind of thing. Third yeah. party, yeah, yeah. Yep. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> so I I don't know. I don't think so. I never see anything. Do you? I mean, no. I don't, I'm trying to think. I mean basically ads are all ads and comics now are pretty much all like house ads or they'll have one or two things. And those are usually the front, the, like the back cover or like the inside, you know, one of the inside cover ads. That's usually what it is. If it's, if it's like for something besides other comics, they really don't do all that much anymore. No, no. So it's a real, it's yeah. a real lost art. Um, so yeah. That's so that, that I really, really wanted to talk about that subscription ad. So if we continue yeah, on with our we continue on with our story. Uh this homeless guy tells Namor that Sunshine Mary has disappeared and she's been part of this whole thing where various members of the homeless community are uh dis- disappearing and the cops don't seem to care about it. By the way, I keep saying the phrase homeless because they figure in so large in this plot. And right. that's just the term that we use. I, I will say I subscribe to the notion that George Carlin had many years ago where he said we should call homeless people houseless because a home is a sort of abstract concept. Housing is a physical, tangible structure. That's what right. these people need. And we should call them houseless yeah. because it addresses the problem as opposed yeah. to the sort of, you know, namby pamby kind of, uh, you know, vaguely concept. So I don't mean to, uh, yeah. I don't mean to, to use a, an outdated term, everybody, but I mean, that's what they're referred to, of course, in this, in this comic. And so mm-hmm. then, then we cut to the thing waking up. There's this great triptych of panels, mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, middle panel, I mean, for, for first panel, he's asleep. Second one, what? and the third panel, ah! and then of course, who do we see? Modoc, and that would be my reaction if I saw Modoc as well. You know, I mean, it's pretty shocking. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering. I, I have no idea if this is this is this the first time he's met Modoc. Do you oh, think? Oh, he could. I, no, I have that no can't idea. Be, right? No, I, I don't know. I mean, he's been around for a while. I, yeah, I just don't. Know. I yeah, I'm sure he's probably. You're probably right. He's probably coming at probably. some point. I mean, good yeah. lord, you know. What one thing to point out about those three panels you were talking about the front where he's waking up is if you look at the rocks too, the rocks sort of shift and kind of like it looks like his brow is shifting, mm-hmm. like he's like he's sort of waking up. Like they're not. It's it's not like he just didn't stat them all and change mm-hmm. the eyes. Mm-hmm. Like everything's everything uh, shifts. Which is which is which is great. It's a nice touch too. It is. It's just again, poor Ron Wilson, yeah. man, uh, <laughs> and poor Chick Stone. I should maybe Chick Stone yeah, had to ink yeah, all these true. lines too. Angle. I mean, uh, I don't, I've never seen Ron Wilson pencils by themselves. I don't know if he was a loose penciler or mm-hmm. a tight penciler. I hope he was for Chick Stone's sake. <laughs> I hope he was a tight penciler because if you just drew a bunch of indistinct lines, poor Chick Stone had to delineate all that, which just, oh my God. And on well, top was of it that, always Chick Stone? Was it always Chick Stone? It wasn't always Chick Stone. Okay, so at least so, for this so issue, yeah, Chick probably, Stone. Yeah. Yeah. whoever was aching yeah. Ron Wilson, I hope Ron Wilson was a tight penciler. But then to get this page where not only are you drawing the thing, but then he's in the middle of this aim 
headquarters, which has right. all this machinery behind it. Yes. <laughs> a lot of work. Um, and then the thing, the thing busts out of this, this glass tube that he's in. He's got his arms in like a little, like, uh, I don't know what you would call it, but some sort of just like, you know, not like cuffs. It's bigger than that, but some sort of like mm-hmm. giant, uh, I, I can't even think of the word of what that would be, but he's got his hands trapped in this thing behind right. his back. And then so even without his fists, he could still fight off these robots. He kicks one of them. He uses right. his head as a battering air for the other, but then there's so many of them that they knock him out again. And yeah. then, uh, and then, you know, we've got Modoc. I love that Modoc. I mean, I don't know what else I would expect. But I just love the detail that he's constantly floating off the ground, <laughs> kind of like that character in Dune, who's just always floating. Oh <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I just love that 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 detail. And so then they hear the alarm go off, and who's here? Namor. And so Namor starts busting heads. Yeah, he's he's great. Can I go back to Modok for a minute? Oh sure, of course. I just I, I think you you know I'm I'm a big fan of his, and this is the way I like him best. Now <clears throat> now Marvel sort of is. It feels like they have something with him, so they they kind of make him a lot more over the top. And he had his own TV series that, for pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, this is the the way I like because he just he's just like um, like you said, he's constantly floating. He just plays it straight, and he just <laughs> villain monologues his enemies <laughs> to death. And he's always like he's always talking shit about his aim henchmen right to their faces. You know, he's always just like, look at these losers, you know, they have to do whatever I tell them to. They, you know, they, they made me. And now, you know, I, I, I run them over, you know, they, they, they just have to do whatever I say, you know, watch, you know, you just can blast one and they just have to, you know, live with it. I mean, by the way, could you imagine that? Could you imagine a group of extremists propping up a megalomaniac with weird hair to champion their dangerous ambitions? And then maybe that same megalomaniac takes over their cause, and now they have to do whatever he says or they're in danger themselves. Do you imagine that happening in real life? I I just can't (laughs) think of a single way that would possibly happen. Luckily, that fiction, remains in the confines of superhero <laughs> comics, Brett. Uh, I do, I do love that. As soon as Namor shows up, the minute Namor floats in, Madoc goes to my side, Synthoids, protect me. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> protect Madoc. He's <laughs> immediately like, "Hey, oh, oh Jesus, I'm in trouble now." Here's <laughs> So Submariner, yeah, he just wants to throw them in front of throw it, you know, just human shields, human you know, shields, man, just it, World War One it, you know, just put yeah. them in front there, just mowing them down. Uh, and then, then I like the 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 homeless guys group together yeah. to attack the yep. AIM soldiers. Uh, so you mean <clears> you got to? <throat> I think Modoc's got a point. These guys are idiots. These these guys in their beehive costumes, you know. Yeah, and they're supposed to be science. They're all supposed to be scientists, right? Yeah, aren't they, aren't I, they all scientists? I don't know. Like, isn't that the whole thing? Maybe it's just the high end. I thought that was the whole thing. They are all like these extremist scientists and they have to, they're all violent too or something. I mean, they, <laughs> none of them can fight. It doesn't look like. But, put, but, again, uh, maybe put maybe they're costumes. not all. I, I thought they were all. But I, yeah, I love the beekeeper costumes. I think at some point they had to outsource these to just regular Marvel goons. Yeah, you're I right. I think right. at some you're point. Right. I mean, how can you staff aim that with just scientists. I mean, come on. How's that going to work? Who, you see who like drops out of school or, you know, maybe, maybe they need, you know, maybe they're doing this. Maybe they're like funding these guys, you know, like they go to MIT and it's like, Hey man, you know, I heard you lost your scholarship. Do you want to stay here? You know, on the weekends we could use you, you know, at Modoc's, you know, evil castle or something <laughs> like that. Maybe, they, maybe they're doing that. 
That's true. Maybe they get the guys that like graduated 142 out of 143 exactly. guys. They get that yeah. guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, oh, you interested in working? You know, you'll, yeah, you won't, you won't be super comfortable because you'll be in this beekeeper costume all the time. <laughs> but, you know, money's good. If you, if you live, the money's good. So, you know, yeah. you got that going for you. And you'll be living underground in New York, but I, right. you know, all right, right. whatever. So, uh, anyway, the thing wakes up. He, he smashes his hands out of the little cuff that he's in. Mm-hmm. And then Modoc activates the super synthoids, which is always <laughs> great because no matter how much of a thing you have, you just call it super and it's right. double the size of the thing. Right. So basically they're fighting kind of Shogun warrior size guys and Namor and the thing get involved and they're fighting this guy. Namor literally, uh, well, Namor, Namor helps thing and the thing picks up this gigantic chunk of machinery. He throws it at the synthoid and it knocks the synthoid's head right off, <laughs> uh, which I think is great. And he just collapses. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's marvelous. Yeah. So then Madoc, uh, of course, skedaddles because the minute there's any sorts of trouble, he's like, mm-hmm. I'm out of here. He grabs his canister of X. He goes into this, <laughs> mo- again, this fantastic ship. This sort of circular satellite looking thing and a couple of the aim guys go with him. And then he notices, oops, the virus X is leaking. Uh, and that's, that's all we see of it. We don't even know what happens at that point. Yeah, like, I know. The it's ship crashes. They fall into the Hudson River. Right? We have no idea. It's like a Dr. Evil situation. You know, they're yeah. just like, ah, curse you, you know, and then they're, they're, they're gone. But yeah. by the way, the thing is really into this. Dude. He's really into the teamwork thing with Submariner. Mm-hmm. Like he really wants him to, you know, he, he really wants to pal around with it. Submariner's not giving him the time of day. But, no, right. um, but yeah, things seemed like he was, re- I feel bad for him a little bit. Ben seemed like he was really into it. You Considering know? how much trouble Namor causes for the Fantastic Four, but yeah. constantly showing up and yeah. macking on Sue. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, he's always hitting on his best friend's wife. Yeah. I, I think I would be like, dude, yeah. f off, man. You know, and yeah. I'm trying to keep the team together over here. What are you doing? Yeah. I can't keep. We can't keep filling it in with Thunder and Luke Cage. You know, we got to try to keep the <laughs> keep the marquee characters in this book. So uh, Madoc is gone, and so the battle is over. And Namor approaches Sunshine Mary, and she wants nothing to do with him because, as I said, she is familiar with Namor for the past twenty years because he's been constantly right. trying to conquer New York City. <laughs> In one form or the in one form, I mean, he was a marquee character in the supervillain team up book, villain team up. <laughs> and so she yep. walks off. She's like, forget it. I don't even want you, you monster. And yeah. Namor's in there and, and he's looking upset. And then the thing is like, I know how you must feel. Silence, human. I am a prince of the blood. Pity <laughs> is for lesser mortals. And he just takes off. So, yeah, poor thing, man. D- dissed in his own book by his co-star yeah i know by the way it i i think you've touched on this before and some other issues but the the one the, the one line of dialogue that annoys me a little bit is the um you know uh i may be homeless but i've got my pride you know that whole the whole bootstraps thing that i'm just like okay you know that, that i don't i don't yeah. have to go into that right but no, anyway yeah, that yeah. just that whole that kind of bugs me but that's a you know i'm nitpicking about something from you know, 40 years ago. But anyway. I would say, give me some but, damn pearls. Give yes, me some yes. damn pearls. <laughs> you got any more pearls in your briefs that I could have, please? Yeah. yeah something for the love. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I got my pride. Uh, well, sometimes yeah, pride okay. is a bad thing. Sometimes yes. pride's just a bad thing. <laughs> you yes. can have, you can have way too much of it. Like Namor, because the exactly. poor thing is trying to, it, there's the panel where he's literally reaching out to Namor <laughs> and mm-hmm. Namor takes off. By the way, I love the detail. He jumps through this skylight 
which I guess they have, right? This thing is at the top of a building yeah, or something. How is there a skylight? It's a it's a warehouse, right? Yeah, I guess now, so. I now guess I'm like a... going back to figure out. Yeah, they went to yeah. uh... they went to this warehouse that the the other guy leads Namor to. But I love yeah. that we see outside the panel that it's nighttime. Like that's mm-hmm. just a great little detail that like some time right. has passed since the, in these events. Like that's nice. Right. Again, it's a little nice little. Um, you know, did we just see? I mean, I don't even know if it's it's clearly a moon. That uh, Ron Wilson uh, drew. Um, the colorist mm-hmm. is George Russo's, so that was also his detail of just making it like, oh, it's a purple sky because it's Make night, it purple, you know, yeah. like, oh, it's great. Mm-hmm. And then the thing starts feeling weak. He collapses and falls onto his knees, and he realizes that he's been exposed to virus X. And mm-hmm. uh, bang, to be continued again. It's a nice yeah. way of getting you to buy issue number eighty-two. Is that we're going to have a different yeah. team-up star, but the story's continued. So uh, good on you, Tom DeFalco. Yeah. yeah. By the way, maybe it's good that Namor did take off because if I don't know how contagious it was, but if Thing had consoled him and touched him, would he have gotten the virus too? You think? That's a, I, you know, and then spread it to Atlantis. It could have oh, been boy. a whole, you know, epidemic. So maybe it's a good he was a jerk. Maybe so. I don't know. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, one last detail I want to mention is the letters page. Is that I just find it surprising that the comments inside are on marvel two and one number 73 a full eight months before this one i'm uh, like what i've never known comics were usually never that far behind yeah yeah in their their letters months, pages i don't know what yeah. that's about but yeah i just thought this is kind of interesting so uh but that's that's marvel two and one Number 81. I said, I remember buying, I could still remember the store that I bought this Great. in. That store is still there. Uh, at least it was when I went to the Poconos for the last time, uh, five years ago, not for the last time, the last time, five years ago. It didn't, of course, doesn't sell comics anymore, but that same okay. store is still there. Oh, and, nice. uh, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, it's still a convenience store and all this. It just doesn't sell hmm. comics anymore, which makes me very sad, but it's understandable. But, uh, yeah. this is just solid. Marvel Comics. They just straight over the plate. Absolutely. A superhero, yeah. a villain you know, with our main character, a little bit of pathos. We've got a guest star, some fun stuff, solidly mm-hmm. delineated. And even though it's a continued story, it is essentially a one and done. So great yeah. value for your 50 cents. Absolutely. Do you know if you got the next issue or not while you were in the I, or not? I did. I did. did? Okay. I guess I remember that one. I do. So maybe at some point we'll have to cover it on another episode of the show or something. <laughs> but yeah, I did. I did get it. Like I said Marvel Two One was a big purchase for me up in the Poconos because it was. Cool. It was like, oh man, yeah, I want to keep reading. This is fun stuff. So, yeah. uh, just an overall great comic. Now you had not read it before this episode, right? No, you actually uh, went and bought the issue. I did. I did. I did. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't on um, Marvel Universe. It's sort of spotty. They have a lot of the two in ones. But uh, for some reason, they have issue 80, and then they don't have 81 or 82, but then they have 83. So hmm. it's really it's really kind of odd. I, I don't know why that is, uh, but it's kind of spotty like that. Like, they'll have a few episode, uh, issues, and then they won't have a couple, and then they go back to it. Uh, but for whatever reason. But anyway, yeah, yeah. So I went on eBay, and um, th- this way I figured I'd save you from having to scan the entire comic into and uh, i i got it for like six dollars or something it's in it's in it's in great shape yeah so i again between that and you who man you really you should put in an invoice at the network 
be yeah, this is like this is close to ten dollars I've spent on this. Below so, a certain yeah, amount, yeah. yeah, below a certain right. amount, I don't have to check purchases with Chag. I can just pay for. Oh, that great! Myself. Just take out a petty is the fire and water petty cash. Is that Patreon.com Patreon. Patreon. slash FW podcasts Everybody, yeah, yeah, uh, it's bleed so, them. <laughs> so which is, I, I, which is I, me also. So I yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul, as it were. Exactly. So uh, well, Brett. Thank you so much for doing this. It is, yeah. you are one of my favorite commenters on the network. Anytime <laughs> I see your name, I know I'm going to have a good time with your crazy, uh, you know, loop de loops of logic that you go into and things like that. <laughs> and, uh, it is, we've said we've done two shows together and yeah. it's, it's always a blast. So thank you so much for coming up to the cabin with me. Yeah. How many, how many do you need for the, what is it? The full Kelly? What is, what is uh, it? The, the Robbie. The, the I didn't, Robbie. I don't Sorry. like calling it that, but people have decided that without, without my, uh, <laughs> Expressed. Written. What do you need? You need like four or five. 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 So five. you're two. You're wow. two. Now we're not going to get you on to for all mankind in time because that show is going to wrap up soon. Yeah. But you've done Treasury Cast. You've done Mountain yeah. Comics. So we have to figure out: Are you a Mash fan? Are oh, I am. Uh, yes, fan? I'm a. I'm a. I'm a big uh, Mash fan. Actually. Oh well. Then, all right. Well, we'll, yeah. we'll work on getting you on Mash Cast. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sign me up. I'd be. Right I, in there. fact, I just did a. Uh, I kind of discovered your Mash Cast. Uh, like maybe a year ago, um, okay. like I, I knew you had it, but I didn't get around to it. And it, it kind of spurred me to do, you know, they're all on Hulu. So I did a, yep. a, a complete watch through. So I just finished it like the other the other week. And it gave me a really new <laughs> we're, I'm going on a tangent here. It gave me a really good uh, new appreciation for the later years because I kind of viewed them when I was younger as like, oh, they're so serious and mm-hmm. they're not. You know they're not funny, but it's not really the case. They, they're they're a lot more balanced than I remember them being. So well, that's great. That's true. Go, well, yeah, we will. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. So yeah, we will I'm, absolutely I'm, get you I'm on that at some point. Absolutely. I got I got I got five more seasons to cover on that show. So I got a lot of, <laughs> room for a lot of guests. So, uh, yeah. well, why don't you why don't you tell people where they can find you out on the internet? Oh, okay. Well, um, I I I do not have my own show, uh, but I yeah. am I am a graphic <laughs> I'm a graphic designer. And um, I, my company is Imaginate Design. That's imagine the number eight design.com. Uh, I, I don't, I'm on Instagram at Imaginate Design. I, uh, oh, I have a, a T Public page. I uh, have t shirts, uh, which is actually going pretty well. I've sold a bunch. Um, so that's at tpublic.com. And then you have to do forward slash user forward slash cool Jeep. So cool dash Jeep. <laughs> Uh, that's that's my that's my page. It has all my stuff. Uh, I just did a recent one, uh, which is actually uh, kind of Super Friends related. Um, that's on there as well. So Very cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's where you can find me. And uh, thanks thanks again for having me. I, again, I, I you know I I love the network. I discovered you guys a few years ago. I became a Patreon. I'm kind of finding you know kind of uh, doing deep dives into shows left and right you know i just kind of discovered you just did one with siskoid uh the who's editing which who's i editing, didn't even yeah. know existed for some reason i just keep <laughs> missing it and it was great i love i love the concept so i'm going to probably do a deep dive on that one and uh but uh but yeah i appreciate you guys having me on it's always fun to to you know to to listen to the show and then think of some you know stupid things to say and then put them in the comment section and everything and hopefully you know elicit a laugh or two so absolutely um, uh, yeah i'll give you a little clue about the who's editing the one with me that's the best one 
The other ones are not going to be as good. Is it, is they're okay, good, but they're not no, as good. No, just, okay, well, I'll, I'm just, I'll just setting, to judge it by that. I just know, want you to, I just want your expectations to be set. That's all. I That's appreciate all. That. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So, uh, well, <laughs> thank you so much, Brett. Thanks yeah. everybody for listening. You can of course subscribe to the show on any podcast catcher of your choice. You can find the show over on Twitter at F or X. No, Twitter at FWP Mountain Com. Not calling it X. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and if you want to support the Fine Water Podcast Network, as Brett does, we want to be cool I like do. him. Do, go to yeah. patreon.com slash FW Podcast and there you can unlock various awards, one of which is if you name checked on the show of your choice. So bigs. Thanks to David Gutierrez and Gore Tolton for their support of the Fine Water Podcast Network. So that is going to do it. Uh, I'm going to have another YooHoo. Yeah, are we going to drink some YooHoos on the uh, out on the porch. Isn't Absolutely, what, what we, we are. Do? Absolutely, okay. we're going to talk about. Do you, have a t- some of our... do you have a tire swing or anything like that? <laughs> there was no tire swing, but there was a tetherball court. Oh, okay, that. yeah. We could go play oh, that's, that. That's yeah. good. See who gets the first bloody nose. And we, <laughs> okay. Right. Back and fair, forth. fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're going to drink some Yuhu and we're going to read some more Marvel two and ones and then go down and play tetherball. So thanks Absolutely. everybody for listening. Uh, we will see you next month. Bye. Have a summer of fun in the of summer fun at Mount Airy Lodge or Pocono Gardens. Beautiful rooms, fabulous food, headline entertainment. Winter, spring, summer, fall. Call 966-7210 for reservations at Pocono Gardens and... Beautiful Mount Airy Lodge.